Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for those who lead in God's church. This is Andrew Cook and I'm glad to be with you once again. Ephesians, more from Ray Tibbs. And another name of Christ with Derek French. Here on Serving Today, Ray Tibbs has been helping us throughout our series on Ephesians. And in recent programmes, we've been thinking about the armour of God from chapter 6 of Ephesians. Well, does Paul have more to say about this? Here's Ray. Yes, Paul does not stop at verse 17 with the armour, but continues his exhortation with an appeal for prayer in verses 18 through to 20. Yes, let's just read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 to 20. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Ray, what do we learn about prayer from these verses? First of all, prayer demonstrates a dependence upon God. Putting on the armour and standing firm in spiritual warfare are not enough in themselves. The enemy is too strong and our ability is too weak. God has called us to be soldiers and provided the necessary equipment for us and we must depend upon him to provide the sustaining grace. It is a mistake to rely on our call or our equipment. We must rely directly on God himself through prayer for our survival in the battle. Paul emphasises that we are to pray all the time and about every subject. Every area of life is under attack and therefore every area of life needs prayer. Led by the Holy Spirit, we are to be watchful for Satan's attacks. We are to keep going and not give up, for there are new needs all the time. So prayer shows our dependence on God. What else should our prayers be about? Well, prayer demonstrates a concern for others. Prayer for ourselves is vital, but so is prayer for other believers. They stand with us in the same battle, whether nearby or in a distant part of the battlefield. Sometimes their well-being can affect us directly. But even when it does not, our unity in Christ should cause us to seek God on their behalf. Surely we want God's blessing upon all of the body of Christ, and not just our small part of it. Praying for someone else can do them a valuable service. We may be able to support them in a known need, or we may have a different perspective 
on their circumstances and can ask God's help in a matter for which they are unaware. Some prayers are expansive and include a wide circle of needs, whereas others are more finely focused. All are necessary and none are to be despised. They must be earnest and genuine. So prayer expresses our dependence on God and our concern for others. What's the final area that prayer should seek to include? Well, prayer demonstrates support for the work of God. When Paul asks for prayer for himself, he does not pray for acquittal from trial or escape from prison, but that he might be able to witness faithfully in his confinement. He may have been restricted, but he was not silenced. He asked for two things. First, the right words to say. Second, boldness to say them. Even someone of Paul's experience still needed that kind of divine help. What mattered was not Paul himself, but the spread of the gospel, the salvation of souls, the building of the church and the glory of Christ. Others might not share Paul's personal experience, but they could certainly share in his ministry. By our prayers, we can be co-workers with those who are on the front line of gospel ministry. Our prayers are indispensable for the establishment of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Over the last few programmes, we've been hearing about various names used of Jesus in the Bible. Derek French has been opening these up for us so that we can better understand their meaning and significance. Well, here he is to present another of these titles. In Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, he declared in Acts 2, verse 36, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that the Lord has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And it's the name Lord that we're going to consider now. Again, it's a title that's very precious to Christian believers. Indeed, they will often speak of their conversion as the day they came to know the Lord. And you'll record when Thomas saw the risen Lord for the first time, he, in adoring worship, declared in John 21 verse 28, My Lord and my God. And in Romans 10, Paul taught in verse 13, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Indeed, every true believer owns Christ as their Lord, as Paul makes clear earlier in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 when he speaks of Jesus Christ as our Lord. It's one of the things that mark out all genuine children of God. They acknowledge and submit to Christ as their Lord. The New Testament word translated Lord is the same term that is used in the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament for Yahweh or Jehovah. He is God the Son because he is Lord. So again we see this is a title that teaches us the deity of Christ. This again is why Paul declared in Philippians 2 verses 10 and 11 that on the last day that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
even those who have refused to acknowledge him and had opposed him and his people, will on that day be compelled to acknowledge that Jesus Christ truly is Lord. But for them, that acknowledgement will have come too late for them to be saved. Which is why, in our preaching and teaching, we need to urge people to trust in Christ and acknowledge him as their Lord while they have time, because on that day, there'll be no more opportunity. The godly First Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, used to say that hell is full of people who believe the truth too late. But what is the significance of the name Lord to the believer today? We can answer this in many ways, but we'll limit ourselves to three things. First, it means that Jesus is our King, our Master, our Ruler, to whom we should submit our lives every minute we are alive. He is exalted above us and rules over us, and therefore we must daily humbly seek to walk in his will according to his word, the Holy Scriptures. No true believer rules over their own lives. Before we became his followers, we didn't think that way. And look at the mess we got ourselves into, disobeying God and falling into sin so often and so easily, it showed we gave no thought to the Lordship of Christ. Like those in his parable, we did not want him to rule over us. But now that has all changed. Christ has conquered our hearts by his love. He has shown us how he shed his own blood for us to rescue us from our sin and its many dreadful consequences, including the wrath to come. Having been so wonderfully delivered from our sins by Christ, we now love and adore him, just like Thomas we quoted earlier, and realise we owe him who has saved us absolutely everything, and so it is our delight to obey and serve and please him. We want to please him more than anything else, and grieve deeply when we do still let him down. Our delight is to walk in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Often this brings the believer into conflict when tempted to do wrong. But the Christian knows Christ is his Lord, and therefore we seek to do what he wants, to resist the devil and to submit to God. This is an awesome responsibility, but a joy, because as we read in 1 John 5 verse 3, his commandments are not burdensome. Second, Christ is our owner or Lord, and this is again both precious and challenging. Precious because it reminds us that we belong to Christ, because he has purchased us at such a tremendous cost, namely his own precious blood. He is our Redeemer, and to redeem someone, a price has to be paid to secure their freedom. Christ paid the price for our freedom with his own life, which he gladly laid down for us. His blood was spilled that we might go free and not be punished as our sins deserve. He bore that punishment in our place. And again, what immense love Christ has for us. This means that we now belong to Jesus and no one can separate us from him. He holds us in his all-powerful hands, how safe we are, and amazingly precious to the Lord. Paul reminded the Corinthian believers of this in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 and 10. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The context of 1 Corinthians 6 is that Paul is dealing with the subject of sexual sin. And when he called them to glorify God in their bodies, he meant that they were to be sexually pure in the impure world in which they and we live. They were to be holy and clean for the master's use, because as our Lord, he is our owner. And that leads to the third important significance from the fact that Jesus Christ is our Lord, and it's this. He is our provider. And this is again truly wonderful. Paul puts it like this in Philippians 4 verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory 
in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is fully aware of every need we have and has the resources to meet all that he knows we need. And there is tremendous comfort in this fact and a wonderful antidote to anxiety and despair. He who created the universe and who sustains and rules over all things does so for the sake of his dear people. Therefore we can rest assured he will meet our every need and in particular every spiritual need. Now it is true that sometimes the Lord sees fit not to give us what we want because sometimes what we want may not glorify him or do us true eternal good. But as the old hymn writer put it, we know that the Lord is too wise to make a mistake and too good to be unkind. He will always supply our real needs and not withhold any good thing from those who fear him. How blessed to be able to say today that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is my Lord, my King, my owner, my provider. Indeed, it is a wonderful blessing to know Jesus Christ as Lord. Our thanks to Derek French. And that's just about all we have time for here on Serving Today. Do message us if you have any questions or comments about what you've heard. The contact details follow in just a moment. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God bless and encourage you as you serve Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.